We are kicking off a brand new year with this brand new episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast where my man, Sebastian Little, is going to tell us why leaders have to learn to sit in the mess. What's up, Competitor Nation? Jake here, your Chief Encouragement Officer, kicking off the brand new year with our first interview of the year with my man, Sebastian Little, as we talk about leadership self-awareness, how it's key to actually leading at our best, and how do we help our team discover their own self-awareness? How do we help them grow that and cultivate it? And then most importantly, why it's important for us as leaders to sit in the mess, to sit in the discomfort of life sometimes in order to build our own self-awareness, to grow and to get better. Today is going to help you set off on a new course in 2021, and Sebastian is going to drop so much knowledge in here today, so I hope you are ready. If you are listening to this and driving, just be prepared. You're going to want to listen to this again later with a pen and paper because he's going to tell us some different ways that we can build our own self-awareness, and as we've heard time and time again, self-awareness can be a superpower that helps you continue to unlock your full potential. So strap in and get ready for this conversation with Sebastian. Before we dive into the show, I want to remind you that if you are looking for a quick and easy way to stay motivated throughout the year, well, first, you got to start here with the Compete Everyday Podcast, but you already know that because you're here listening. The second easiest way to stay motivated throughout the year is to join our competitor Shirt of the Month Club. You can hop into our Shirt of the Month Club and get a new shirt, a new sticker, and a new wristband all month long. Your own 25% off discount code to use on anything else in the store, including joggers, hoodies, hats, flags, you name it. And you will finally, you'll get 35% off any pre-orders we drop throughout the year. You end up saving over $250 throughout the course of the year. And you'll be reminded every month when that delivery hits your mailbox that you've got some fresh motivation and a message to get behind to keep moving forward, keep showing up, and keep stepping towards your goals each and every day. So to find out more and get plugged in as a member of the Compete Everyday Shirt of the Month Club, visit CompeteEveryday.com. Be sure to use the code 2021CLUB, 2021CLUB, and you will get that membership for only $250, which includes your shirt, your wristband, your sticker, and your shipping all year long. So check that out at CompeteEveryDay.com. Keep yourself fueled and moving forward all year long with some fresh gear. To get in touch with the show, drop me an email to podcast at competeeveryday.com. If you've done it before, you know I'm going to reply back, say hi, and have a conversation with you. So shoot me an email to podcast at competeeveryday.com. And now let's jump into this week's show with my man, Sebastian Little. Sebastian, welcome to the Compete Everyday Podcast. Jake, thanks so much for having me on, man. I'm so excited. Uh, I have no idea where today is going to go, only because the things that we talked about just before we went on air, as well as the notes that I have right here for today's interview, could take us any number of places. Uh, So the listeners are in for a treat. We do have a plan. Uh, But before we dive into that, your story, some of the great work you're doing, I'd love if you gave everyone just a quick snapshot of what you do today. And then I kind of want to backtrack on how we got there. 
Yeah, man, absolutely. You know what? I love that too. I just signed up for an improv comedy class. So this is going to be a perfect uh, segue into us doing some freestyle. And so, yes, um, and yeah, right? man, I, I like, <laughs> yes, yes. And absolutely. Um, I, I like to actually start with, with my life purpose. I think it, for me, it grounds uh, who I am as a person and my life purpose is creating spaces for full self-expression and play. And the idea behind that is when you've got a really high performing team, when you look at the, the Michael Jordan, uh, the decade of dominance he had with the Bulls, you had a Dennis Rodman who had crazy hair color and a definitely a different way of being as a team teammate. And for him to be able to bring that type of play, that type of true authenticity with the high performance habits that Jordan set, it was a really magical combination. And I just believe that what happens when we can create really impactful cultures is when we can mirror and mix that, that high performance aspect with the authenticity. So a lot of my work happens with teams and individuals trying to unlock that play, trying to have more fun as they're, as they're playing at a really high level. And I'm working a lot with one-on-one uh, one -on -one clients in the coaching realm. Um, and then I do a lot of workshops with teams as well. So it's, it's a fun mix. So I've already got a question before we kind of go into your backstory. So along those lines, let's talk about the teams you work with, the goals you work with. Rodman is a great example. Rodman knew his role with the team. He knew his role in Detroit. He knew I am in the paint. I'm rebounding. I'm doing the dirty work. I'm doing the things nobody else wants to do for the most part. And he was amazing at it. A lot of times for us to have fun, we assume that we have to have the role we want. We have to be the star. A lot of your work is not on that though. It's, it's learning to take pride and just enjoy what you do, whether you are the person that's in practice every day and your job is to make the starter sweat or you're that star caliber player. But a lot of us struggle with that transition when we're not in that position we want to be in. And I actually just wrote a post about it this morning. So I'm curious your thoughts on, on when you're going into teams and working with teams, how do you one help individuals become more self-aware of what their actual role is? And then when there is that disappointment, how do we at least start the conversation to move them into a place of more, not only just acceptance, but joy in that process? Yeah, I, I love the distinction you're making there between accepting a role versus embracing a role. And you don't always have to accept the role that you, that you might have on a team, but choosing to embrace it is an important distinction that we want to make, especially, you know, as, as you're dealing with um, some people that might not be love, love the position, they're not the starting point guard, they're not the starting quarterback, but being able to embrace your role is a choice. And that's a choice to be a really good teammate. And what I love that you just talked about there is the importance of, of goal setting. You talked about what they're, the goals of the team and then the goals of the athlete. And I actually think it's important to be able to dispel both, to be able to highlight and make, uh, define both, what are those goals for both people? Because what, when we ignore the individual, we ignore intrinsic motivation that might be sitting in that individual, that might be necessary for the team. And when we ignore the, the championship that we're at after at the end of the year or um, there's certain milestones along the way, division titles, so on and so forth. We have to figure out a way to align both those things. So when we can spell out the individual's goals, I want to do X, Y, and Z, Z on the team. Well, how does that align to the, the overall team's goals? I think it's when you get really dangerous in a good way. And I, I say that in a good way. You get a really dangerous combination of a team that's really explosive. Individual that's on fire and a team that's on fire aligning those goals. Well, and one thing I find fascinating about that is, is exactly what you just said, the accepting versus embracing and, and learning to embrace that role in the moment doesn't mean you're married to it. And a lot of us, and I say that a lot of us, when we start out in business, when we you know, start with sports, we assume 
the choice I make on day one is the way I'm stuck forever. Like I can't get out of it. And in reality, you're going to continue to grow and de develop. And it's on leaders, those of us in leadership positions to not only help our team embrace those roles, but wouldn't you say also help them formulate the plan to move up within that role, to go from, hey, if you're the bench guy now, here's what I need out of you in practice. But if you want to be that starter, we need to build X, Y, and Z into your training, into your skill development, into your knowledge base to have a shot at that. Would you say that's kind of where the leader's real role is, not only getting their team to embrace those different roles, but helping them see the bigger picture so that they stay motivated to keep working? Yeah. I love the acronym APE. APE stands for Awareness, Plan, and Execute. And it's one of the, the very simple goal models that I've, I've taught for a while now. And the idea of awareness is where am I now and where do I want to go? You're plotting out the vision of where the team is going. The plan or the, the action steps, the, the question we would ask is, hey, how do we get there? It's the how, the steps we take along the way in our process. And then the E is the execute part. We want to make sure that we're, we're creating environments that allow the default behavior, the positive behavior to be the default. And as a leader, so much of your job is creating an environment for the ape to be present each and every day. It's reminding your players, hey, where are we going and how are we going to get, our, get, get ourselves there? What are the daily habits, everything from what you're doing in the classroom to what you're doing in uh, pregame film that allow you to execute your way through the process and make, make sure that those big results take care of themselves. So I think the ape is such a big part of, of uh, bringing that to your daily practice or weekly routine. One of the things I find fascinating, not only talking to you, but listening to your interviews ahead of time is you have a very clear focus on these are the pieces. This is how we start to work them together. And I'm sure your clients can absolutely attest to that. Have you always had that kind of ability to, as Gary Vaynerchuk says, you know, eyes, uh, you know, in the clouds and in the dirt, like be able to see both of those simultaneously, or is that something you've developed with, you know, your work while you were at Yale or, or working with McChrystal's group, uh, any of those long, uh, steps along the way? You know what? Th first of all, thank you. <laughs> the, the two things that I'll point to there is um, I, I take pride in my ability to consolidate. And I think there's this idea that we have to synthesize our environment. We synthesize, we try to pull, pull things in, but ultimately we need to consolidate the things that are going to be most useful to us and then discard the stuff that's not. And part of that is, is part of my audit process. And um, it's one thing that I think about a lot when it comes to trying to move faster towards our goals, right? And one of the ways we can move faster towards our goals is if we reduce the friction, usually caused by ourselves, that's in the way. So when we're, we're creating a process of, of auditing, it's everything that you're consuming on social media. It's everything that you're, uh, uh, all the input and the people that you're, you surround yourself with. We always talk about, you know, you're the, the aggregation of the top five people you spend the most time with. We've heard that so many, so many times. And when we audit ourselves and we really look at, is this serving my larger purpose? Is this serve, serving where I wanna go? It actually makes that decision very simple as a black and white yes or no. And I think what I've been pretty present to is I know that I'm, I'm looking to make a big impact in the world. I know that I'm going, here are my visions and my pathways to get there. So what are the things that I need to consolidate, keep with me as part of who I am, my value system, my principles? And what are the things that need to, I need to let go? And ultimately that aren't serving me or aren't helping me move for, further and far, farther and faster. So those are two things I think uh, when it come, comes down to how do I keep that vision present, those are two things that I think I do often. One of the things I heard you talk to your cousin about on a previous podcast is, is your upbringing and that relationship dynamic with each of your parents, which is very, very different. Do you think that just 
the process, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong here, I know that you carried a lot of emotional feelings, resentment towards your father, if, if I'm stating that correctly, and having to work through that, that process, because leading while carrying baggage is one of those things you just talk, what, what do I need to let go of? If you don't mind sharing just a little bit of how you internally went through that process of learning to let go of some of that negative baggage that we all carry. We all have jaded relationships. We all have things that didn't work out. We harbor resentment toward people. And for a lot of us, it's hard to let go of. But every time we carry it, it's preventing us from actually leading and being more present. Yeah, Jake, you know, um, I'm really I'm really glad you asked. Thanks for the question. The the and just as a quick, quick, um, if, if we go back just with a little bit of history. Yeah. So my dad, drug addict and alcoholic, was out of my life for the majority of my life. Um, I really made the decision my freshman year of high school to to really leave that relationship behind me. Um, my mom and my grandma are two wonderful superwomen, and they they raised me, and uh, I consider both of them very maternal figures. I've been really fortunate with both of them. So start, starting there and looking at that question, of like, what does it look to leave things in the past? It wasn't, it wasn't easy. And I've done a ton of work on it really the last two years and starting to actually dig into that. Because when I go back into that vein, it, there's some pain there. Like I have to be able to pull some things back and look at things that I've either put away for a long time, or I've never actually looked at before. And what I've realized is that one of my, my biggest goals in life is to be a father myself. I know it's, that's something that I've always wanted to do and I want to be really damn good at it. And if I'm going to be holding on to resentment for that figure in my life, how is that going to translate into the father that I want to be knowing that it hasn't happened yet? You know, it's, it's not in, in the short term future. However, that being said, if I'm not practicing for what I want tomorrow today, what am I practicing for? Can, can I, I ask, ask myself you, that question? Yeah, I was about please. to say, can I ask you what spurred that internal conversation? Because a lot of people, I don't think we ever get to that self-awareness point of connecting those dots. Like if I want to be a father one day, and have this relationship, well, then I, I can't immediately have this. Most people would see it as two distinctly different situations, but you drew the connection piece. Was there something that happened or a conversation that really kind of woke your eyes up to that? You know, I think the way we do small things is the way we do all things. And when we start to look at our lives as segmented different lanes on a highway, I think we ultimately lose a lot of power. We leak a lot of power from where, what we're bringing to a space. And what I mean by that is the same way that I go brush my teeth in the morning is the same way that I run my rep on the field or the same way that I finish a rep or, I mean, you get, you get the kind of the thing that I'm pulling, the thread I'm pulling here. And ultimately the way in which I was engaging with my relationship there was influencing the way that I was able to love, lean into empathy and compassion in other relationships. And I saw that as something that was holding me back specifically in my romantic relationships. And I knew that if I wanted to be the type of father, in this case, the type of partner and husband for, you know, this future family, that I needed to let certain things go. And I need to have certain conversations that were going to be very uncomfortable in service of me actually creating that life and creating that family that I wanted for myself. So that was, I think that was the, you know, I had some really incredible people in college, actually, that pointed to certain things and just didn't let me get away with talking myself out of it. Because that was one thing that I've done historically been pretty good at I can usually weave my way through a conversation and I had some people that were committed to my breakthrough in this new level of love and trust and intimacy that um that I'm, I'm really grateful for yeah so I had some people in my life that helped 
I, I love that. And just hearing you kind of tell that story, uh, one, it, it just reinforces the power of the people we associate with, the thing that we already talked about and who, who's around us. The second piece is, is just your self-awareness. And you, as I mentioned earlier, you seem really focused on some right things and, and really organized in a lot of ways in terms of this is the routine. This is how I do the little things. This is how I go about it. Do you believe that you pick more of that up being an athlete and going through the process of I've got to make this step, I've got to do this rep, I got to do it? Or would you say it's also during school because you you work with General Stanley McChrystal, who is well known for the, the details and the little things as well throughout that process? Or has it been really sharpened by working with his group? I'd say all of it. Okay. I'd say it's, it started for me... Um, I got a B on a test, a spelling test in fourth grade. And I decided that B's for me, not for other, other people, B's are great. For me, B's weren't acceptable. And my standard versus the expectations that I've been differentiating those words in the way that way has come up in our lives a lot recently between standards and expectations. And what I decided is that my standards, the, the, the way of work, working, the operating principles that I had for myself were gonna be higher than other people's expectations. And then part of the way that I did that is I started to just pay attention. I started to tune into the people that I respected the most, right? And for me, that was a lot of my coaches. That was some of the upperclassmen, a few of the people that actually I was always chasing the, their back of their heels. And what I looked at is what are they doing that I really respect and that's making them great. And then I just started to key in. I started to practice it. I started to practice it. And whether it was General Stanley McChrystal, uh, whether it was some of my other teammates at the McChrystal group, other teammates at you know Tyler Varga who went and played for the Colts with Yale football, um, watching what they did gave me insight into how I could do certain things better. And I just tried to adopt them. I love that. Well, and I also love how you just refer to your coworkers as teammates, which Absolutely. speaks to the culture that is in that atmosphere because there's a lot of people that would never relate to or, or respond to calling their coworker a teammate just due to that culture that that's in place. So I, I really appreciate that and wanted to point that out to those listening that it was not lost in how you communicate and talk about your team, which I know is all in your wheelhouse with leadership and culture. But one of the things you just mentioned there were your own standards and others' expectations. And if anything, 2020 taught us <laughs> that expectations and what you expect to happen and what you think is going to happen is going to just change dramatically. And, and I know you're doing work right now and just kind of sitting in that discomfort and sitting in that mess and, and everything that's going on. And, and I think it's such a fitting focus for right now, but for you specifically as someone who's so organized, who's so focused, where's the mess that you find your own self sitting in? Because you seem like if plan A is not going, I've already got plan B and plan C and plan D already lined up. So we're just going to move down the line. Whereas some people are like, I just, I don't even know what day of the week it is right now. Yeah, man, I, I love that. And I'm, I'm going to point to a few things right now because it's a practice that I, it's a muscle that I'm starting to work myself. And I haven't figured it all out yet. And that's actually, I think the beautiful thing about it. I think the first thing was making the decision to jump full time into my own coaching practice, my own coaching and consulting work. And I was at McChrystal group for about three years. I'm still doing some work with them and have a great relationship. But one of the, the decisions I had to make was, am I going to leave this security when we're talking about potentially an economic reception, a global pandemic and this global quarantine that we've got going on? Like, is that a smart move to make or not? Right. And by all the expectations, other people's standards, society's standards, that's a really dumb decision. 
And, and I knew that, right? And I, and I, I had some incredible input from people that are um, more traditional and, and uh, have done really, really well climbing society's standards or society's expectations. But then I kept coming back to the question of, okay, what do I want and what do I need to live in, live in alignment with my values and within my integrity? And it was the idea that I gotta go, I gotta go better myself. And I've been talking about it for years and I finally had to go do it. So there was a mess in that, that decision process because I wanted to make sure I was doing things the right way. And I think um, the example that's a little bit even more recent that is the, the, where this whole idea of reflecting or embracing or jumping into the mess came from was right after George Floyd. And you know, George Floyd was killed at the end of May and the world definitely, um, it lit up in, in a lot of ways. And in early June, my conversation um, was just, it was uncomfortable. And I'm, I'm a biracial black man in America. I'm half white, half, half black. I take a lot of pride in being a mixed race uh, person. And I was getting all these calls from friends and family, people that were curious and that were concerned about how I was doing and how I was coping through all this. And the experience that I had was a really messy conversation around race. And usually I would just hold space for both parties. I'd figure out ways to create harmony. But I had people asking me questions of, hey, as a black man, what's your, what's your thought? What, what, what are your opinions? How do, you, how do you see this whole thing? And I had to really look internally. I've come from a pretty privileged place, you know, Cheshire, Connecticut, pretty privileged, Yale University, pretty privileged, McChrystal Group, pretty privileged. And I had to really ask myself the question, hey, man, are, who, are you, who are you being in this conversation? Hey, are, are you black enough to have this conversation? I had that conversation with some of my, my closest, um, closest black friends. And I said, hey, Seb, you, you, you have a voice in here and we want to, we want to hear it. And to, to ask yourself that question about your racial identity, again, this happened six months ago, right? Yeah. To ask yourself those questions about your racial identity, I got more from being able to sit in the silence and the stillness and the discomfort that that create, created. I got more answers for myself there than I did about engaging, which is what I normally do. I usually go to action, I go to doing. And it was in the mess that I learned a lot more about who I was. It was in the mess that I learned a lot more about my racial identity and how it shows up for me. Um, so I think there's so much power. There's, there's so much, um, the beauty and beauty of humanity sits when we can absorb and sit in our own mess. We can learn so much about ourselves and we can reflect on things that we never would have before. But when we fight ourselves, when we're in our own mess, we don't get that same benefit. Yeah, it's almost like a lot of us just have that initial reaction of, of, this is uncomfortable. I don't like this. I don't want to be here. And, and it's not even the conversations. Well, most of us will have those open dialogues, but it's when we have to sit with our own thoughts, our own feelings, our own, what, what am I thinking? What am I feeling that we want no part of it? That's why as a culture, we're, we're so obsessed with phones, with TV, with keeping ourselves distracted at all times, whether productivity wise or whether just binging on Netflix because a lot of us don't want to sit and have to think about those things. But just as you pointed out, there's massive opportunities for internal growth, for internal self-awareness, sitting just kind of in those thoughts. Do you have a, a, like a daily gratitude practice or journaling practice that, that you've started or, or have done for years that helps you process some of those thoughts? It's been, it's been on and off because I, I struggle with the exact same thing you just talked about of, of kind of overconsumption and overstimulation. I think I, I'm absolutely a culprit of that. The thing I've, I've, I've pride myself recently is, is just my meditation practice. I've, I've gone the longest streak right now on Headspace, big fan of Headspace, than I have in a long time. So creating that intentional even 10 minutes per day of being with my own stillness 
And I think stillness is what I keep coming back to. I'm reading right now, uh, Ryan Holiday, stillness is the key. Figure that might and be the one. <laughs> it's, uh, it's been so, so important for me. And um, I've had a, a morning practice of just, we call it clearing in the coaching world. And the idea is let's get all the, the negative self-talk out on a piece of paper. Let's externalize it. And then let's figure out what's real, what's fake. Because oftentimes the things that we say to ourselves is just an interpretation. You can't go to the store and get a cup of you're a you know, piece of crap. You can't really go, you can't go to the store and go get that. So that process has been a really important one. Clearing gives me the ability to start my day from a, a really clean platform. And then meditation has been another important practice in my life as well. I love that. I love that. Well, I was going to ask what you were reading lately, but you've already answered that with Ryan Holiday. Dude, this has been a ton of fun today and just incredibly insightful to not only your work, but just different perspectives on leadership, on teamwork, uh, on how we see ourselves, and more importantly, how we can learn to show up better in the world. Sebastian, where can people best get connected with you? And obviously, as a man running his own show now, taking the leap to bet on himself, where can people find out more about your work and how to hire you? Yeah, Jake, thanks so much, man. Uh, you can find me on the internet at www.sebastianlittle.com. A uh, very simple one to remember, S-E-B-A-S-T-I-A-N, little as in small, spelled just how it's spelled. Um, on social media, you can find me at Seb Little underscore. On Twitter and Instagram, I'm pretty much on there every day. Uh, I try to have a 24-hour rule of getting back to folks. So if you reach out, I'd love to connect with you as well. So at Seb Little, S-E-B-L-I-T-T-L-E underscore. I love it. I love it. And for any of our coaches and leaders listening, go to his website, check it out. Under Insights, he's got a download, Coach's Playbook to COVID-19. So I'd highly encourage you to go there, download it, and especially give this guy a follow. He's active online, puts out some great content. Sebastian, man, thanks for joining the show this week. Jake, absolute pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast. As always, drop us a note with your feedback to podcast at competeeveryday.com. Check out more episodes, find amazing apparel, get connected with the community at competeeveryday.com. And until next week, bring your best, show up every day regardless of how you feel, and be that type of competitor you were created to be.